You know, Brittany, nothing gives me naked confidence like hitting the gym first thing in the morning. The rush, the endorphins, it just sets the tone for the entire day. Ooh, I like that. Naked confidence. Yeah. It's all about the perfect playlist for me. The right music can uplift my mood instantly. Mm, you know what a close second is for me? What's that? Not stinking. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I use Lumi Whole Body Deodorant. It's like a secret weapon against odor powered by mandelic acid. Yeah, you're odor-free for up to 72 hours. I love how Lumi tackles every odor concern with natural ingredients, and I appreciate its versatility. I've tried it everywhere, from pits to feet. It never disappoints. Plus, it's baking soda-free and pH-balanced for safe use. And the fact that it's clinically proven to block odor all day, well, that's a game changer. Definitely. And with Lumi Starter Pack, new customers can get $5 off with code TLC at lumideodorant.com. It's a great deal for a fresh start. Don't miss out on feeling confident everywhere you go. Visit lumideodorant.com and use code TLC for a special discount. That's L-U-M-E deodorant.com. Cheers to confidence with Lumi. You're listening to the Laughing Couple Podcast with your hosts, Brittany and Ryan Ostafi. Join them weekly as they discuss topics such as relationships, kids, sex, parenting, all unfiltered and all with a healthy dose of laughter. Please welcome your hosts, Brittany and Ryan Ostafi. Okay, um, so we have lovely Leslie. Ooh, that's alliteration. Lovely Leslie. Lovely Leslie here with us today. Uh, we had the pleasure of being on Leslie's podcast. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago. A couple um, of weeks ago, we were on your podcast. Yes. The Smart Sex yes, Podcast. Yes, awesome. It was so fun. And like, you guys are so Very great. candid. Like some of the stuff we talked about after we were like, was that too honest? Something about a stairwell and a disco yeah, oh ball. Yeah. Shiny disco ball. With I a, forgot we talked about that. We did. I forgot we talked well, about that too. With a little, uh, what was that? Yeah. What was that drink? Absinthe. Absinthe. There you go. The things you'll discover yeah. on Leslie's and podcast. Spooning. I love it. And spooning oh, and yes. forking. The yeah. usual. The spooning leads to forking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we have lovely Leslie here. Um, She obviously has her own podcast, but she's um, a sex therapist and she is the most honest, fun, easygoing person to talk to. And we have her um, for the next half hour or so Yeah, to ask all the juicy questions. Well, thanks you guys for honest and easy Um, to talk to. So we need to ask you a question. Are you, you're, you're married or you have a partner? Well, do you want to, do you want Leslie to do a little intro for herself so she can give her full background? Okay. Yeah. I didn't want to put her on the spot. (laughs) I didn't want her to be like, and now like pitch this. But we didn't put her on her spot because before well, the podcast started, we said we we're going to do that. Whatever you her. just did. Okay. Let's <laughs> see if you were pitching yourself out on like a radio show, what would you say? Or like a podcast. Uh, great. I'm Leslie Gustafson. <laughs> I am a therapist and coach of 30 years and a licensed sex therapist. I have been married for 24 mm-hmm. years. I have two sons and four grandchildren, and I am definitely married to the love of my life, who's also a therapist of 40 plus years. So you can imagine our conversations are never dull. And and one of us is always the expert. (laughs) Now, Leslie, is your husband a sex therapist? 
He is, we're both licensed marriage and family therapists, and he has a specialization in working with sexual compulsivity and addictions. And I am a sex therapist who works with all that. That is really interesting. (laughs) Did you guys meet at like sex therapy Comic Con? That would be a cool beginning. We were we were co-workers for sure. So we met as oh. colleagues, uh, but not at a sex therapy. And did you conference. both like know you wanted to get into um like marriage sex therapy when you first started? No. At the time we were both licensed therapists, and I didn't start becoming a sex therapist until until 2004. Right. When I realized that every marriage seems to have or partnership seems to have a sexual issue, but we had no mm. training um, at the master's level in sexuality that was of any service. So to really be good at helping couples and sexuality, I felt like I needed to dig deeper and really specialize well, in it. I'm so it. glad you did. I also, it's also a second marriage for me. And my first marriage failed because of sexual compulsivity and addiction. So there was a personal right. interest in learning all about it and like getting it right the second time. Now, I'm, I think most people would be interested in knowing the conversations you and your husband have. I'm more interested in knowing because you have the background and the psychology, how intimate is your relationship? <laughs> I knew that was of course coming. It's coming from him. No pun intended. Uh, we have an incredible life sexually. It's been one that mm-hmm. we've worked on and grown and continue to talk about and grow mm-hmm. in, you know, your sex life changes mm-hmm. over the years. And it, it's been a lot of different things for us. And we have to keep being creative because, you know, you don't necessarily have the same sex life you had right yes. out of the gate. Yeah. <laughs> but we have the ability to talk about all things sex and we have a very incredible intimate partnership and we're always working on this area of our life and keeping it fun. Now, Leslie, yeah. you touched on something uh, about a minute ago that really was the driving force behind this. You, you and your husband both discovered that almost every single relationship that you encountered had sexual issues. Now, yes. I know it's hard to answer this as like a blanket statement, but if it's so common in rela- like how is it so common in relationships? I think about it like this. Couples meet, they have an intimate relationship. That's kind of why they like each other at the beginning, right? It's part of it. It's part of it. And then part of every it. Part of single, it. not every single, but for the most part, almost every single relationship then runs into sexual issues. Why is that? Well, because this is how it starts out, Ryan. You like have this really cool attraction and there's super high flying feelings between the two of you. And it's so great. And it seems like you're so alike and there's so much passion and energy and you have all of this sex and you think, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And it lasts for about two years typically. And then reality hits, which is we're real people. Mm, (laughs) With real lives. With real with real issues and we're not as glowy anymore because you're moving out of kind of that exciting fantasy, high sex, high feeling state into mm-hmm. real life. Guys, have you tried the new wellness shots from Good Vibes Juice? We have and they're amazing. Perfect for boosting immunity and feeling great. 
Good Vibes Juice makes all-natural wellness shots with ingredients that support your immune system. And they honestly taste good. Plus, they're great to have before you feel sick or even to help you recover faster. It's like having Granny's homemade remedy, but conveniently pre-made. They have three different shots to choose from. Sick Day, Get Well, and Turmeric Daily. The Sick Day shot has echinacea and ginger, known for fighting off colds and boosting immunity. The Get Well shots feature elderberry, a superfood ingredient that helps increase immunity, and the Turmeric Daily has turmeric and chamomile. My personal favorite is the Turmeric Daily. It has turmeric and chamomile, which for me, having recently turned 40, is great for anti-inflammatory and calming properties. What's great is that these shots are all natural with no preservatives or additives. You can take them as a shot or mix them with hot water for a soothing tea. And here's the best part. Visit good vibes with an S juice.com and use promo code TLC to get free shipping and 20% off your first order. That's www.goodvibesjuice.com with promo code TLC. Let's boost our immunity and feel great with good vibes juice. Hey, Ryan. Yes. You stink. Um, okay. I stink too. Don't worry. Everyone actually stinks and it's normal to have body odor just in case you needed a reminder. Okay. Thank you for that. But the best part is you don't have to stink. (laughs) Just try Lumi whole body deodorant. You're right. And Lumi's powered by mandelic acid, tackling odor for 72 hours from pits to feet, even private areas. It's incredible. Over 300,000 five-star reviews, and you can literally use it everywhere. And the scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, or my personal favorite, toasted coconut, make it refreshing. Plus, new customers get 15% off all Lumi products with code TLC at lumideodorant.com. And if you combine the 15% off with the already discounted starter pack, that's over 40% off. Stay confident from head to toe with Lumi. Try it with code TLC at lumideodorant.com. That's code TLC at L-U-M-E-D-O-D-O-R-A-N-T dot com. Stay fresh, everyone. Shout out to Claritin for providing samples and sponsoring this episode. Full disclosure, I was listening to you talk the other day and I was thinking to myself, why does he sound that way? And then I remembered that it's allergy season and that's just your voice because you're so stuffed up. Ah, yes, the old allergy congested accent. Luckily for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Claritin D's fast symptom relief starts working on allergies with nasal congestion in as little as 30 minutes. Oh, perfect. So I won't have to listen to you speak like this for the next few weeks. What? You're not into it? It's not uh, not endearing? No comment. Designed for serious allergy sufferers like Ryan. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieves your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. Claritin D tackles nasal congestion caused by allergies or a cold and also relieves sinus congestion and pressure due to allergies. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. So convenient. Just ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. And remember, only use as directed. And then there's a lot that needs negotiated then because the feelings tend to dip Mm -hmm. then. And then you're like, okay, well, if we're not feeling super excited about each other in the same way, now what? How do we keep this thing going? And so you've got issues, right? And so you're not all glowy. And then we add in things like children and responsibilities and everything gets prioritized and we wonder what happened to Mm -hmm. our sex life. 
so many things can get in the way after that high flying state, which is really exciting and fun. And if you have that, just so you know, that's a great prognosis for your longevity in marriage. Okay. I think people get, um, I would say discouraged when they, when they mm-hmm. say that, you know, their sex life has changed, they look at the word change as a negative or a bad thing, right? And unless you're communicating yes. and you're talking about that change and what causes those changes, it's very easy to just say, well, like, like we talked about, you've changed. Yeah, we have changed. Like it, we're not the same people. There are exterior circumstances that are coming in from both of our lives and, and they affect everything. And so I think once that word isn't yes. seen as so like taboo, maybe it's, it, it's, it opens up that conversation and, and you can talk about it in a healthy way. Yeah. And you're saying a really important thing, which is at some point you need to be able to talk about your sexual mm-hmm. relationship for a long time. You probably didn't really have to talk about it because it kind of just spontaneously right. worked and it was fairly nonverbal and kind of driven by a lot of energy Grunts. and passion. But when it shifts, <laughs> you have to have the ability to say, what happened? And can we talk about it? And a lot of people don't even have the language to talk about sex. Like who, who taught yeah. us that? And maybe like they're feeling ashamed that they have to talk about it. Like I, I like to be completely honest, Ryan and I definitely went through a time where we were like, we're not we're not having sex as much as we used to. And it was, it was a bad thing. And, and we made each other wrong for that. I made you wrong. Hmm. For yeah. Sure. Mostly me. <laughs> it made me wrong. And then it, you know, it, I shut down and you question everything mm-hmm. and, and we didn't really have that effective communication on the subject. And we didn't go to any therapy sessions and, you know, in retrospect, I think it probably would have been a really good idea for us, but I was pretty stubborn. I was like, no, if I'm going to sex therapy, that means there's a problem. And that's not the case. I think people go to a therapist too, when there maybe isn't a problem or, or to avoid or talk about so that they're like, one doesn't grow. Right. Yeah. And I wish more people would go when there's not a problem because usually they wait until it's a crisis and there really is a problem versus seeing it as a support and help and someone helping you talk about things in a real way so that you can just navigate them and get through them. Uh, It's not uncommon what you guys are saying. I mean, that impasse is the truth for many couples where you get to a place where it seems like Oftentimes he wants more and she wants less. And then Mm -hmm. what do we do? You say, well, he kind of made you wrong then. Like you're the one who doesn't have enough sex, sexual desire then. But that's not an uncommon place because the truth is when you're in mature relationship, it's a whole different thing than that early dating spontaneous sex stuff. Two people have to figure this out together. And the truth is no two people want to have sex at the same time. Right. That's a shame. So they have to figure that out. (laughs) It's a shame. My, My whole thing is, and I think where the biggest fights come in with couples is while you're making your partner wrong for not wanting to have as much sex as you are, and not, I'll say this in our situation, deep down inside, what's really going on is this fear that it's not that they don't want to have sex is that they don't want to have sex with you. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think that's the hardest thing because, you know, it's, it's human nature to try to make meaning of things. And so when you say, well, you used to be horny and now you're not horny. Are you telling me that you don't like sex 
or are you telling me you don't like sex with me? The person always responds, mm-hmm. I don't know the answer. And that was what was going on with you is you, you're like, I don't know the answer. And then I'm thinking, well, if you don't know the answer, then go get help. No, but I never said that. I was saying, I know the answer. My libido is just not high. Like, I, I don't know where it went. It had nothing to do with you. It was just, it kind of went. And it was interesting because it was before kids. Like, we didn't have kids and we went to this, like, valley. And it was a hard time in our relationship, like Ryan was saying, because we didn't really know what to do. Mm-hmm. We don't know where to go from there. Right. Um, but like introing that into or segueing that into like, do you, would you, is there a, a time that you would maybe recommend for couples to come in to talk to you? Like A, before there is a problem or B, like when are, maybe are there signs that they should come in? I would love if couples would come in to understand this area of their life and really be able to talk about it. Just what you're saying right there, there's a huge conversation there. And let me back up if I can. When Ryan was saying, you know, you wonder if you don't want to have sex Mm -hmm. with me. Even deeper than that is, do you still Mm -hmm. want me? And do you still love me? Mm -hmm. Because sex was reassuring me of that. And now I'm not so sure. Because to feel wanted by the other confirms that they're still into Mm -hmm. you. And we definitely want to feel like our partner digs us and is into us still. And so when sex drops away, we're like, what does this mean? Does it mean that or what Mm -hmm. is it? And, you know, it rarely means you're unwanted and unloved. It's that you're trying to navigate this shift. And, And for women... What tends to happen when they settle into a committed and secure relationship uh, more than men is that they don't have the same kind of desire that they had before. Mm. When we are close and connected, that doesn't, te- that doesn't necessarily mean we're going to feel passionate or excited about our partner. We feel passionate and excited about our partner when we feel like we're our own person. Right. If you're starting to feel like I'm a married person and all I do is take care of everybody other's needs or where did mm-hmm. I go or I don't even have girls night out anymore, you you lose mm-hmm. something. And so we can get into these close connected places and it's really secure and great and mature, but the sex mm-hmm. drops out because the novelty, individuality and excitement has dropped out. Now, men's men's desire tends to be more physiological, physically driven, and spontaneous. And at this point, women's tends to be, the key word here is responsive, Mm. which means the context has got to be right now, where it didn't really matter before. You know what I was shocked to read, Leslie? Do you remember back in the day when um, that there was a, they probably still exist, it was a a website called Ashley Madison, which was, which is essentially, you know, married people hooking up with married people. Uh, and that yes. list got released. Not that I went through the list, but <laughs> what, what was fascinating for me. Now, this is a website. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's really designed for people who are looking to cheat on their spouses, right? Just you're right. Yes, it is. I was shocked to find or hear that the majority of members were women. I yeah, think the I majority of members were women. Yeah. Interesting. Because, you know, I think society has this stigma that men cheat and women don't. That's not true. No, that's I, not true. Right. I think that cheating, like I I would say that women 
maybe cheat, like men would definitely cheat sexually for sure. But I think women would maybe have more of an, like if we were to look at statistics, I think that I would say that women have more emotional affairs than men. I just made that up though. I don't know if that's true. (laughs) Yeah. And a lot of times one of the core reasons across the board for cheating, not to completely pigeonhole it, is that we started to lose ourselves and a sense of feeling like we are alive and we have uh, choice mm-hmm. and freedom. And when we're in marriages where we start to feel like we don't have choice or freedom or that we're our own people, it can be suffocating for people. And when the excitement and aliveness and passion drops out, we wonder why we're married because that's what mm-hmm. we marry for. And I think like we were talking about this before, but like you maybe have like one or two scenarios and then they just compound each other. Right. And you're questioning your, um, your partner if, if they're into you and, and if your lung, if your love languages are the same, like Ryan, Ryan's is touch. Mine is acts of service, <laughs> which is not surprising, but I feel like if, if <laughs> like you're denying your partner, the their love language there's only going to be a time where like either you're going to blow up about it or your feelings are now like sequestered away and you don't like come to them anymore and then they just kind of hide over there and they burn until it like they break and that just can't be healthy like are there do you have any like maybe healthy tips that you could give couples to kind of keep their like sexual relationship um, alive, like and for lack of a better word, but alive. Yeah. And I think first we're talking about the ability to express ourselves with each other, yeah. honestly, um, and theoretically lovingly, right. But being able to say what we need yeah, transparently and being willing as a couple to lean into and tend to the needs of the other. You are right. When our needs go unmet over time, it's it tends to be a bit of a tragedy because we get hurt, resentment mm-hmm. builds, and we don't feel mm-hmm. loved. And so our needs can be very varied. You've you know drilled it down around love languages, but they can be a lot of things. It can be you know just generally needs for attention or affection or adoration or admiration or just somebody thinking you're the best thing since sliced mm-hmm. bread like just being like loved and and feeling mm-hmm. special by your partner when you're not feeling that you can start to feel like wait a minute where did i go and do you mm-hmm. love me and we've got to lean in and just love each other and listen to each other's needs and honor those that's healthy. And it's not always easy because we want to like go your fault, your fault, you're to blame. And that's Mm -hmm. not constructive, but it is constructive to be able to be honest and honor each other's needs and even their wants. Right. And, and try to serve and love each other so that everybody wins. For people to talk about those things and those needs and those wants, maybe in like that formal setting of a therapy session, because then you're talking to somebody who is professional, right? And you're, I think a lot of the times, maybe if you want to be honest with your partner, your first thought is like, Hey, you don't want to hurt them. Right. Like, and, and if you're trying to have a conversation there, your partner's going to immediately be offended. So it's probably right. easier to have those big conversations with someone like you who can provide context and therapy to work through those. Yeah. And I think the measurement there is, can you 
actually have safe, honest conversations that don't hurt each other and they're mm. productive. Not everybody can do that. And so that safety is really what a therapy environment can provide. It gives you equal airtime. It gives a, a good therapist uh, is going to align and listen and empathize with each of you and provide a space so that the dialogue is productive and you walk away feeling uh, encouraged, hopeful, and like you connected with your partner and it was safe. When it's when we start to have bad conversations with each other, we lean away from them and we stop mm-hmm. talking. And so that safety is key. So if you can establish it and keep it yourself, then great. But if you need a third party to keep it safe, to have productive, healthy, non-defensive conversation, mm-hmm. then do it. Do it because you care about each other and yourselves and your marriage. Now, Leslie, I think I think there's a stigma around therapy in general. And I think that stigma is starting to slowly go away, which is amazing. But I, I feel like human beings instinctively fear what they do not know. So yes. maybe perhaps it would be of benefit to all of us without going through and giving us your first session for free, what would it look like? What would it look like walking into your office? Do we go in separately? Do we go in the same time? Do you hear my story than her story? Are we sitting on a couch together? Are we laying down? Like, what does it, what does it look like to go, to go yes. through a session? No, and I'm being serious because when I you know. don't, when you don't know, no, sometimes you push away from it. Are so you if wearing you could, clothes? All right. Yeah. yeah. No, like just yes. walk us through what a and, session would look like. Yeah. And just as a caveat, I've done that for 30 years and I now do everything via online Mm -hmm. coaching. So I will speak to you as a sex therapist in a sex therapy office. First of all, nobody takes their clothes off. (laughs) I didn't say that. You brought it up, Brittany. I was just joking. Everybody keeps their clothes off and sex therapy is talk therapy. For me, um, I typically like to have the couple in together in the first session because sex does not exist outside of a relationship or a context. Mm -hmm. You have your individual sexualities and your own histories, but you also have what's currently going on in the relationship. And I like to hear from both Mm -hmm. people about their perspective. If I'm confused and feel like I need to dig deeper, I may do one session individually with each to understand the sexual history and what might be in the background Mm -hmm. of everything. But typically, it's all in the here and now, and we're talking specifically about what is going on. We're having dialogue. We're able to talk out loud about sex. Not everybody can do that. You know, what do we call the Mm -hmm. what's, right? Everybody has different language. And we get really comfortable talking about the topic and problem solving it. And then I would send you home with some homework Mm -hmm. that you do, and then you come back and you talk to me Mm -hmm. about it. (laughs) And if it went very well, I say, keep doing that. If there were some tweaks or some growth or understanding that needed to happen, then we talk about that. It is really talk therapy around your sex life, but it's also, I love to give homework because there's so many fun things that you can do to grow a sex life. Can you maybe I mean, give us a couple tips of those <laughs> or people can have a little taste of- Yeah. How, how about you give us some homework for tonight? Yeah. <laughs> So it's not uncommon if there's a a, a conflicted or difficulty. The number one reason people come in is because there's a difference in sexual desire. The number one reason guys come in is for premature ejaculation. The number one reason women come in is because their partner is unhappy with them sexually, but they're also mad about the Mm -hmm. relationship. (laughs) 
So if you come in and your sex life isn't where you want it to be and it's become conflicted, then it's not uncommon that I will say no sex Mm. allowed. I want you guys to go home. I want you to go into your bedroom and I want you to carve out an hour, an hour and a half, if you can with children. I know that's hard. And I want you to create a really cool environment that's very sensual, uh, that's really pleasing sensually with the right music, candles, tastes, using your five senses. And I want you guys to luxuriate in the experience of connecting and exploring, but no boom boom, and talking and touching without an attachment to where it needs Can, to. Like, when I asked that question, I definitely thought it was going to lead to sex. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so like, but there maybe like kidding, some great. some heavy petting, but no like. <laughs> Yes, whatever you want it to be, but sex proper intercourse is taken off the table because a lot of times that's where the pressure Mm -hmm. and demand is in the, in the, in the, with a couple and they've lost just the pleasure and the connecting and the good yummy feelings and arousal building, you know, which it does happen organically when pressure, expectation, demand Mm. is off of the table. So you know, we're not in the room there to have the touchdown or mm-hmm. hit a goal. You're in to connect and really feel all the yummy. I'm surprisingly feelings. into that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If negative feelings surface, then you go at it a little different because the goal for mm-hmm. that experience is to walk away and say, I would do that. So would again. you suggest having couples do that? Like, um, and like on a continual basis, like once a week, bi-weekly? Um, is there anything else that would? It, it, that would depend on the individual issues and what mm-hmm. our kind of collaborative therapy goals mm-hmm. are. But that's a great starting like point for many couples. Many couples, when it's gotten conflicted, they have a hard time getting back in the bedroom because it has somehow gotten laden with mm-hmm. negativity. So there's avoidance, there's difficulty just kind of getting back in the experience with each other, getting back into a consistent rhythm of sexuality is the thing that tends to Hmm. drop off. And when that avoidance and lack of sex is happening, uh, it tends to be tough for every couple. Tension increases, defensiveness increases. Sex is an incredible Mm -hmm. balm. It's bonding. It's super glue. It makes you uh, remind you why you're in this thing. After all, you're not just roommates. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) I can always tell when we it's. And you walk away and if it's really yummy and good, you go, let's do more of that. It is um, very evident for me when say we've had a very busy week or two and Ryan and I are are passing ships and it's just like, there's a lot (laughs) going on. It's like for like for in our relationship, it's so evident. Ryan gets so like snappy and it like, it actually affects Mm -hmm. him like mentally. He is so, he has no patience Mm -hmm. for me. Like the things that he'll look for fights. (laughs) Yes, you do a hundred percent. You do. You look for shit to argue about. And then we finally start talking about what you're really mad at. (laughs) That always happens. Look at your face. You're so embarrassed. That's not true. (laughs) You make me sound like an animal. But the thing is, is I've actually talked to a lot of my friends and their husbands are the exact same way. Like, it's not just you. Yeah. So I'm just letting you know. I feel better. Well, you should. I'm sure Leslie has talked to a lot of people. Leslie, can I ask you a question? And again, this is a blanket statement. There probably is no safe or right answer. I guarantee there's no safe or right answer. But as a ballpark, (laughs) as a ballpark, is there there such a thing as a number that would equal – um, an intimate relationship 
like a number of times a week or a number of times a month, one that you would say would be considered you've got a, you've got a healthy sexual relationship. Okay. I don't like the numbers game, but there is a number. I don't like the numbers game in that the quality is way more important than the quantity, the numbers. However, the average amount of times couples have sex is 1.7. What is that? A year? A month? I don't know what they're doing on the 0.7. That's like maybe one 1.7 is the average amount of times couples are having sex per, per week. week. 1.7. Okay. Now that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that's your number. Yeah. Every couple has to find what works for them. Whether it's one, two, three times a week, whether it's once a month, uh, 15 times or less a year is actually actually considered a sexless oh. marriage. It's it. I know. Hmm. Um, (laughs) And so finding what works for you is really the key, but it's less about numbers because if the quality is great, you will watch the numbers rise. Okay. Hmm. Now, do you have, like, I think a lot of issues for people who are in the same situation, not issues, but um, the same kind of journey or chapter of life. Like we have young kids, we're both tired as right. hell, it's right? Hardest, you guys. It's, it's the, the first thing that goes. And Ryan and I were just talking about this. Like, it's the first thing that you like, because you're, it comes down to you're exhausted and you don't make it a priority. So when we were on your show, we were yep. talking about how we were scheduling in our intimacy and how important that was. And it, mm-hmm. and maybe to take away, like you were saying, we're not scheduling in sex, we're scheduling in intimacy or date night and having that bond. And if it leads mm-hmm. to that, awesome, but there isn't that pressure there. And it's really helped us both right. have that open communication. But is there anything else that you could suggest for couples in the same walk of life that can really help boost after kids? Because this shit is hard. <laughs> it's hard. It really is hard. And one of the things that I, I, I see be very helpful is when um, when mom, when the mama gets respite time, when she gets time for her own self, where she gets to feel like her own self and not a mm-hmm. mom, where she doesn't feel like she's everybody's need yes. provider. Because we feel sexy because we're our own person. Yeah. And we have something to bring to the table. And when we're just drained and we lose sight of what we have to bring to the table and we're just like, there's, you just aren't going to find a lot of sexual desire in that or life or passion. So I'm, I'm, I'm here for the mom on that who needs to have respite and freedom and some self-care so that she feels like that not is a mom. such good advice. And then she can come back in and go, hey, hey, I got something yes. going on by myself. For myself, I really like that because I think a lot of moms feel that like they're touched out at the end of the day and they are only totally or they're just they're only a mom and they're only a part they're doing all these responsibilities and they've kind of lost their non mom self. So you're right, it's hard to feel that sexual desire. So that's a really partners, listen up. You gotta give the mama some time. Yeah, and and there's something to really be said when you know hero dad mm-hmm. comes in and gives her respite and says you take care of mm-hmm. you and and you know without expectation but but on a way knowing that he's going to get a more alive version a, a, a vision of the person he really kind of fell in love with right who had something going on as a woman not just a caregiver uh, and it's it's just a different deal when you're in 
a relationship with two kids and your responsibilities. And when we're talking about sexual desire, we're talking about sexual Mm -hmm. energy. You've got to have energy. And so any way to get energy is also going to feed whether or not you feel like you have want for something or you have want for something. Now, Leslie, this is going to be a really strange question for me to ask you. (laughs) Maybe it is, maybe Mm -hmm. it isn't. There's no such. I've heard it all, right. There is nothing strange. There's nothing you can ask me that I have not heard. I'm feeling a little awkward, so I feel like it's strange for me. And it's not. But there you go. What about masturbation? (laughs) And the reason I Mm -hmm. ask that is because I, I think that if women were to please themselves more frequently, they would bring that into the into the relationship. I don't I truly don't believe women masturbate enough. That's a really interesting point. First of all, there's way more permission given uh, for men to masturbate. Women tend to have more guilt or self-consciousness around Mm -hmm. masturbation. But here's the truth of it. A woman self-pleasuring consistently or having sex consistently keeps her estrogen Mm. elevated. So there's something that's very good, not only because it feels good, but it also kind of keeps hormones uh, lifted. That said, it could be also just more sex. Mm. Uh, some women I have heard say that that is a way for them to keep their sexual desire elevated. Um, but that's so individual and so personal choice. That's interesting. Uh, I can see that. Yeah, it, it it is interesting because it keeps sexual desire on the forefront. What tends to be true for men versus women is that women's sexuality can kind of submerge and needs mm. activated. Men's sexuality tends to be more readily accessible. And so there is a truth that women need help kind of drumming it back up, <laughs> if you will, and men don't. And so however you want to drum up your own sexual desire as a woman, then, you know, mm-hmm. go you. I, right. Like <laughs> I get what you're saying and you're right, right? Like, but, and, and Leslie, you're saying like, there is like this weird, um, maybe guilt that comes with that, but more than anything, I think, um, how we differ, how I see it differing is if like, say Ryan can't sleep, he'll be like, well, I'm just going to go over here. And I'm like, well, I'm tired. And if Ryan's like, well, if you're, if you can't sleep, like go, go have some time to yourself. And like, my mind isn't there. So I don't choose to do that. And, and for him, he's just like, you know, like you're saying it's, it's readily accessible. It's super easy for him to just like almost flip a switch. And if I have so much going on in my mind, that's the last thing I'm thinking about. I actually masturbate to stop thinking about things. (laughs) I know. That's what I'm saying. I cannot, like that doesn't help me. Mm. So it's just, it's a totally different experience. Um, It it is because you're talking about a release of tension or a release of stress that masturbation definitely can help. Women don't tend to use it for the same reason. And it's, and they are more distracted or in Mm -hmm. their minds. Um, And there's an issue of testosterone in that too, which is there's going to be a little bit more of a, a felt sense of pressure with testosterone building up that could be contributing to a sense of angst mm-hmm. or anxiety. Okay. 
And and that's not typically hmm. women's experience. So what you're saying is my advice to Brittany when she's stressed <laughs> out doesn't work. Correct. <laughs> Just go masturbate. You'll Just be fine. Go. You're fine. Let's have sex. You'll be fine. <laughs> um, okay. So we're going to wrap this up, but we never got to ask you. Um, yeah. I love you, but you're annoying. So we always ask our we always ask our guests if they're in a relationship. Oh. One thing that annoys has annoyed you about your spouse the last like one or two weeks. It's just like a fun, quirky thing. A lot of people can relate. Oh my gosh, this is okay, just perfect. So easy. Let's hear it. <laughs> just pick one. My husband has okay. a cough when he lays down at Sorry. night. Now in Colorado, it's super dry. And so everybody kind of has allergies and we're all kind of like sneezing and Mm -hmm. coughing all the time. But when he lays down at night and I'm ready to go to sleep and he has to cough for 20 minutes, you know, just kind of like as he's scrolling on his phone or whatever. I just, I, I could kill him almost. It's so annoying. You know how you're you're sinking, you're sinking into sleep and you're thinking, okay, he's done. He's not, he's not coughing. And all of a sudden he coughs again. Like I can completely agree that a coughing, a dry, consistent cough is one of the most annoying. And I feel so bad, but like when Riley has a cough, like I want to punch her. Like she's, it's so annoying. It's just, you just. You just have to stop now. And, and it's not sleep. their fault, but you're yeah. so angry. At it isn't. <laughs> it isn't. And I'm all, and sometimes I'm like, you just need to go out of the room. And I try, I, it's everything I do not yeah. to say that. Cause I'm like, okay, he's almost done. I think he's almost done. I'll say you're almost done. Because I think oh so. Oh my God. That's so annoying. Does he drink a lot of water before? <laughs> oh bed? my God. And, you know, there's many, but that one is an oh everyday my event. God. <laughs> okay, we're going to send the you some holes. The pre-sleep. Pre-sleep cough. Yep, that, that's that's us. a new one. That's the a new one on this show. That is annoying. That is well good. I'm going to relate to that. Well, thank you so much for talking with us, Leslie. Can you just let um, our listeners know where they can find you um, if they need any help in the intimacy department? For sure, probably easiest access is Leslie Gustafson one on Instagram or Leslie Gustafson on Facebook. Uh, that's, I'm, I'm there mm-hmm. the most. Or your podcast. So I can respond quickly. Or take a listen to our podcast because <laughs> you can get a lot of information from there. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. You guys are just Aww. so lovely. And, Thank uh, you. you know, I just wish you the very best in your marriage in this challenging chapter. <laughs> Thank oh, you. Likewise. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. You're such an easy person to talk to, <laughs> especially easy. about a weird, awkward conversation like this has been for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I'm okay, I loved Leslie. it. I Good loved for it. you. Bold and courageous. Have a great night. Bold and courageous. Thank you so much. Bye Bye everyone. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists, owners of The Therapy Group, and hosts of The Shrink Chicks Podcast. Every week, we bring you a new episode where we dive into therapeutic topics like inner child work, dating anxiety, family dynamics, relationships, and burnout. Making them more relatable and understandable, leaving the psycho babble behind. We address the things you've been dying to ask your therapist but don't know how and work to help you stop shooting all over yourself with the expectations society can put on us. Tune in every Monday to Shrink Chicks on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Be sure to follow along and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. 
Prepare to learn all about you because in order to grow yourself, you got to know yourself.